One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Doctor Who is a show that is limited by only the writer's imagination. It's a show that's given us huge universes to explore, massive stories to get lost in, and also brought us a few complete dumpster fires of episodes. Looking at you, Orphan 55. These stories usually have a lot going on, so there are usually some underlying plot threads going on amidst everything else. Some of these underlying things have become something more in the future. For example, the Zygon subplot of Day of the Doctor went on to form the fantastic two-parter in Series 9, and even though I'm still convinced it was just a throwaway line in Series 11 that became something big, the Timeless Child thing in the Ghost Monument became... that. Though some things that were name-dropped or very, very likely explored in the show never in the future got given the time of day. These are things that could and should be explored on screen. Given the fullest potential, these things could be blockbuster stories in their own right. My name is Rich, welcome to Who Culture, and these are 12 abandoned Doctor Who subplots. Number 12. Who is the mysterious Minister of War? In Series 9's Before the Flood, Alice O'Donnell is rattling off big things that happened in Earth history, including Harold Saxon, which was the master, the big bat thing coming out of the moon, kill the moon, less we say about that episode the better, and also the Minister of War. The Doctor has no idea who this is, and he shrugs the whole thing off, saying he'll find out about it soon enough. Yet, we don't know soon enough. It's never ever mentioned again. New Who is littered with foreshadowing. We had the Bad Wolf, we had Harold Saxon, we had the Doctor Donna, we had the Hybrid, we had the Cracks in Time, we had the Timeless Child. This Minister of War could become one of these things that's picked up again in the future and has been foreshadowed all the way back in Series 9. Number 11, Harmony Shoal, The Revenge. First seen in the Husbands of River Song, the very full-fledged name, the Shoal of the Winter Harmony, appeared again only one Christmas later in The Return of Doctor Mysterio, this time going by the bit more succinct Harmony Shoal. And much like any story involving superheroes that isn't uh, Avengers Infinity War, the superhero or the heroes of the story end up being victorious. As Unit descend on their New York HQ, Mr. Brock warns the Doctor, saying, The vengeance of Harmony Shoal is known and feared throughout the five star systems. Typically, as the Doctor does, he just sort of bats away the threat like nothing's gonna happen. I mean, it's yet another enemy saying, I'll get you, Doctor, and probably won't ever appear again. Though since they have appeared in two separate stories, it's not impossible for them to come back and try and enact their vengeance on the Doctor. The Harmony Shoal may indeed get their revenge. 
Number 10. The Ungolden Age of Harriet Jones For three successive terms, Harriet Jones, former MP for Flydale North, was the Prime Minister of Great Britain and saw Britain through their golden age. Britain were leading the way in the space race and apparently we were all 18 quid better off. Pints and pizza on Harriet. But at the end of the Christmas invasion, this new Harriet Jones PM had to go up against a pretty pissed new new doctor. The doctor was right. Humankind had become noisy. They were getting noticed by alien races. But he's not always there to save the day, so Harriet Jones took it upon herself to protect the human race. Therefore, when the Sycorax were on their way out of the solar system, she ordered them to be destroyed. The Doctor is understandably a bit pissed off, but the thing is, her actions were justifiable. She was protecting the human race, and the Doctor isn't always there. But then the next time we see Harriet Jones in The Stolen Earth in Series 4, her three terms are over. She has moved on from being Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Harriet Jones. She eventually dies to Daleks, spoilers, and that's kind of it. Getting to see more of Harriet Jones' golden age of Britain, seeing humanity be really noisy and having their first contact with aliens would be really fantastic to see. It may not happen in Doctor Who, just give her a spin-off series. I just hope Penelope Wilton's up to it. Number 9. Ryan's Dyspraxia Introduced in Series 11, Tossin Cole's Ryan is a character who suffers from dyspraxia. Now this representation got a lot of thumbs up and overwhelmingly positive review almost from people who suffer from dyspraxia, but this representation stint was pretty short-lived. Through Series 11, Ryan was trying to learn how to ride a bike, he had a moment with a ladder, and then Series 12, Spyfall briefly mentioned it again, but otherwise, that was it. Now, this wasn't necessarily down to Chris Chibnall just trying to score some representation brownie points in the early days of the series. This was something I'm guessing he genuinely wanted to explore with Ryan. But, as I have said a million times regarding series 11 and 12, a three-companion dynamic is really, really hard to juggle. And unfortunately, out of everything to do with Ryan, his dyspraxia, the thing we supposedly thought would be his defining trait, was dropped. Kind of the same with Yaz being a police officer. That seemed to be something really important, and then... When we got to know her, it was never really ever mentioned. Those moments when Ryan did get the spotlight, the moments where his character got to be fleshed out, like when his dad comes back in Resolution, they were absolutely spectacular. But every time the spotlight was on Ryan, his dyspraxia was never given the time of day. Number eight, how did the silence destroy the TARDIS? How is the operative word? Why, we already know. The silence, in cahoots with the Kaverian chapter, blew up the TARDIS to stop the Doctor from getting to Trenzalor. We know when, 26th of June, 2010. But how? Again, no idea. Apart from River saying that something else has seized the controls as being controlled by an external force, we don't know how this happened. The assembled hordes of Genghis Khan can't get through that door, and believe me, they've tried. There are a ton of fan theories regarding as to how the silence managed to infiltrate a supposedly uninfiltratable machine. And to be honest, Fan theories is most likely whereabouts it's gonna stay. Next week on How the F*** Did That Get In My Box, Jadoon. Number seven, the legacy of Adelaide Brooke. Now this is something we really should explore. It's a big quote, I'm gonna read off my screen. Imagine it, Adelaide. You began a journey that takes the human race all the way out to the stars. It begins with you, and then your granddaughter. You inspire her so that in 30 years, Susie Fontana Brooke is the pilot of the first lightspeed ship to Proxima Centauri, and then everywhere. 
with her children and her children's children, forging the way to the Dragon Star, the Celestial Belt of the Winter Queen, the map of the Water Snake wormholes, one day a brook will even fall in love with a Tandonian prince, and that's the start of a whole new species. But everything starts with you, Adelaide. From 50 years ago to right here, today. Imagine. Exactly. Imagine it. Seeing humanity move through the stars, past galaxies and planets we could only ever dream of seeing right now in the 21st century. Amazing cinematography and incredible special effects. Seeing where the Brook legacy goes. The Brook legacy. I like that. Spin-off series. BBC, send me a check. Of course, a full TV spin-off series like this would unfortunately never happen, but seeing a future Doctor meet a descendant of Adelaide Brooks so we can even map out humanity's growth with various Doctors, kind of like the River Song Doctor Diary thing going in opposite directions, give us a means of plotting humanity's growth from 21st century Earth, the Harrier Jones Golden Era basically, through to when the descendant meets a Tandonian Prince. Seeing all of that until we reach the fourth great and bountiful human empire would be excellent. Number six, how did Missy escape Scaro? At the end of The Witch's Familiar, Missy is amidst a bunch of angry Daleks and Scaro is probably exploding again. She says she has a very clever idea and then miraculously escapes, showing up again in Extremis. Later in The Doctor Falls, she supposedly survives a killing from her former self, John Sim, if he's actually her former self, and supposedly regenerates into Sasha Dwan. But after a Radio Times interview regarding the Doctor Falls, Stephen Moffat said, and I quote, I don't necessarily want all the gaps to be plugged. Kids out there are making up their own stories about how Missy escaped that place and regenerated. They're doing their own version, and that's much more exciting to me than actually filling those gaps. Basically, I can't be asked to come up with a logical conclusion, so whatever you pull out your ass, fine. So, comment section. Give me your dumbest Missy escaping theory. The best dumbest, funniest one that I see, I will pin. Number five, just popping out to a parallel universe. The TARDIS absorbs its energy, its power from the universe. So being in an alternate parallel universe is like putting petrol in a diesel engine. It's not gonna work. Whilst the Time Lords were still alive, universe hopping was perfectly okay and very safe, but when they died, they took it with it. So now it's not exactly the best idea. So the folk from Pete's world jumping in between the two in series two and series four, that's a big no-no. Then in series 11, the Doctor and her fam take a trip to the Solar Tractor universe, supposedly without any problems or cracks or breakages or anything. Whether this was down to there being a more specific bridge between the worlds since it was going through a mirror and through that weird little world in the middle, or it could be down to the fact that Gallifrey was kind of back by this point, we're not entirely sure. So could we potentially be seeing more universe hopping in the future? Either that or it's just one of the many inconsistencies in the Chibnall era. Goody. Number four, Rassilon the Returner? Although the Master is the Doctor's main Time Lord foe, Rassilon comes in a close second. He finally returned a New Who in The End of Time, as portrayed by Timothy Dalton. After being defeated in The End of Time by a surprise coalition between the Master and the Doctor, he at some point regenerated, trapped the Doctor in his confession dial for like four billion years or something, and when the Doctor escaped, all of his minions on Gallifrey sided with the Doctor, and Rassilon was banished. Even though he thought that Gallifrey was his, the sheer might of the oncoming storm kicked him off world. We haven't seen Rassilon since, and I'm quite certain he is seething and wants nothing more than to enact his revenge on the Doctor. Though Gallifrey, as of right now, is apparently dead again, 
Rassilon wasn't there. So could we be seeing this character supposedly having regenerated again just crop up again in the future? Personally, I hope so. I want to see another big Dr. Rassilon battle again. Who would you cast as Rassilon? Comments. Number three, the day he killed them all, no more. When Russell T Davies was given the keys to Doctor Who back in 2003, he had the task, a potentially arduous task, of filling in the gap between 1996 and 2005. Or you could kind of say 1989 and 2005, because though the 1996 TV movie is canon, there were certain bits and pieces they kind of just scratched away and ignored. He devised the Time War to have taken place between the movie and 2005, and throughout the course of the first seven series of New Who, we drip-fed bits and pieces of the information regarding what it was all about. When it came to Dave the Doctor, we learned the Doctor's dark secret, or at least what he thinks is his dark secret. Apparently Moffat feels kind of guilty for cleaning up the Time War, rather than keeping it as dark and dangerous as we'd all expected it to be. But as for the war itself, it's not really explored in depth on the televised show. There have been a bunch of big Finnish audio dramas regarding the Time War with the Eighth Doctor, the War Doctor, the Master, even Susan. But on TV, we've only ever really scratched the surface of the Time War. Now, it's not like one of the previous Doctors is going to be given the keys to a whole new series to explore the Time War, and it's not like we can get John Hurt back to explore the Time War further since we unfortunately lost him in 2017. But we could send the Doctor incumbent back to the Time War. Sounds impossible, right? Well, number two, turns out you can pick a time lock. But the entire war is time locked, spluttered the 10th Doctor as he looked up towards Dalek Khan. His emergency temporal shift took him out of the end of the evolution of the Daleks and back into the Time War. It cost him his mind, but now he's prophesizing about the future. Rassilon managed to get out of a time lock by weaponizing the Master's mind and using a white point star. As mentioned before, it didn't end well. The moment was able to open time fissures, allowing the War Doctor to meet his future selves, and also, supposedly, to allow the future selves to pilot their TARDISes back into the Time War. So it's obvious that the time lock can be bypassed with either the right tools or through sheer luck in Dalek Khan's case. Could this be how Gallifrey is saved from the events of Timeless Children? Could the Doctor go back to before the Time War and stop it from ever happening? Stop Gallifrey becoming so corrupted and evil? Could the events of the Day of the Doctor be undone? Well, only the showrunner has the power there. And trust me, he's been flexing with that power. Number one, the regeneration game. Time to open the wound that's probably still oozing a little bit. Do you remember the Timeless Children? Yeah, you most likely do. I'm not going to bore you about it, just go and watch my things to fix in season 13 if you want to hear more about it. Now, why is this on a list about abandoned plot threads? This is the hottest and freshest plot thread there is. Well, as I said in the aforementioned video, they could just abandon this whole thing and pretend it never happened. It would be a really crap way to see this era of the show out, because if that is the approach that Chibnall took, I doubt he'll be in the hot seat for very much longer. But there are probably a lot of us who will be quite happy with this whole thing just being like cemented over, paved over, and we'll just pretend it never happened. But still, how many regenerations has the Doctor had prior to Hartnell? Where does the Ruth Fugitive Doctor fit into this whole ordeal? Why did the Time Lords give the 11th Doctor more regenerations in Time of the Doctor if they maybe knew that he could just regenerate endlessly anyway. If they knew being the operative phrase, because the Division are obviously hiding something from greater Time Lord society. That's kind of the thing we need to be exploring here, and as said, it could be just left on the cutting room floor. Entirely. But the most important question is, 
Chris, why in the hell did you think this was a good idea? I mean, come on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.